There's a few thoughts that I'd like to share with you and reopen so that this sharing be the Holy Spirit guided and our Blessed Mother and take it wherever she wants. Before I, I say this, though, I, I keep every month telling myself, I'm going to remember to tell you two things, and I always forget, um, especially for many of you that are new that don't know. A few years ago in one of our retreats, Maria Bello, um, she lives in Miami. She's in the process, her family, of actually moving to Georgia. But she shared with us something that became like a practice for all the mothers of the cross to do, and I think many of you don't know about it. But she said that when she was a girl, one of the sisters taught her when she receives the blessing to always put her left hand on her womb. And then when you receive the the blessing, and, and a lot of the mothers of the cross began to do that. So it's a way of the blessing bringing it into our maternity, you know, to bless our, our you know, physical and spiritual maternity. So, you know, we, we kind of do this. Um, the other thing, and that none of this is in any way mandatory, but it's just blessings that I feel that the Lord has shown us, you know, little things, is when Tessie, Father Jordi, and I were on pilgrimage, and we went to Notre Dame de Lao, which is a place, a teeny little chapel called the Chapel of the Precious Blood. And that chapel is very significant for the community of Love Crucified because it's as if the Lord anointed us in that chapel with his blood and revealed something and did something very powerfully um, that I experienced. Tessie was on my right and Father Jordi was on my left when it happened. But we were at, at, it was after Mass. We had the three of us Mass in this teeny little chapel. Our cross with the M that you see on the Love Crucified Cross is at the front of that chapel. It came from there. The chalice with the blood. So a lot of this comes from that Marian site. But we were praying the Our Father. And the Lord moved me to put my hands like this. And as we're praying the Our Father, all of a sudden, I see and I feel drops of Jesus' blood falling into my hand. And then at the end, it was like being at the foot of the cross, and his heart and all the blood just flowed in. It was one of the most powerful experiences. Um, Tessie was there and, and Father. But since then, I have always, in the Our Father, placed my hands like this. Because it's as if my whole identity as a mother of the cross, which is to receive the blood of the Lord, to soak it up like in the, the movie of the Passion where our ladies with the white cloth soaking it up. We are that living cloth. And we are called to soak up every drop of blood. And I want to kind of get into this a little today of the Lord receive his blood in suffering and then be that living chalice. So when I place my hands like this, it's always the sign that I am called to be a living chalice to receive 
that blood fully in my heart and suffering and then <coughs> to pour it out. So those are just two things that I wanted to share with you. But this week, the Lord spoke to me personally very powerfully through one of my sisters in the community. And a month ago, I had asked her to pray for something that I was discerning um, and, and the counsel and love crucified. And a month after, she, she writes to me. And I felt that through her words, the Lord was speaking directly to me. But I feel that she, with the such gift of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, writes something that I think is very significant for all of us that I wanted to share with you. And these are some of the words she writes to me. I also think we have to be careful. Of all the talking we do, we love to talk about the path. Some of us love to talk about where we are on the path. And sometimes I think there is a little comparison between the women which shows an immaturity and lack of understanding of the path. Too much talking can be detrimental. We can get trapped thinking about ourselves too much, self-absorbed. There has to be a balance between self-knowledge and self-absorption. Also, talking about the path and living the path are two very different things. I can be a person who can speak eloquently about the simple path and the lovely spirituality of suffering and being a victim soul, and in fact, have no real idea about the living of it. There are many parts to the living of the path that are mysterious and mystical, and are not expressed easily in words. Words actually belittle the experience. Being a victim soul is sometimes just that, being, and not actively doing something. Talking has to be done seriously and prayerfully, or it just distracts and moves us off the path, and we hardly notice we're off track. So I want to thank my sister for some of those words that I have been reflecting on. She's absolutely right. I would say one of the things that I have spoken to quite a few of the women that I accompany with this last two months is a silence of a mother of the cross. I would say the path of becoming a victim of love, maturing as a victim soul, brings us deeper and deeper into a profound interior life 
of profound silence with the Lord. In fact, the closer and closer we get to live who we are through the grace of the Holy Spirit, to truly become the companions, the spouses of Jesus in his suffering, collecting his precious blood, we enter more and more a life of profound silence. And actually, he starts to show us that every time we move away from that interior union of suffering with the Lord and are distracted with talking that is we didn't have to do with like a we actually move ourselves away from being at next to the Lord becoming a mother of the cross is a process of profound discipline in a way silence prayer of such a profound intimacy of suffering with the Lord that the Holy Spirit and our Blessed Mother begin to show all of us the distractions that move us away from that hidden life with the Lord, which is very important that we protect. Because the power of who we are as mothers of the cross and victim souls comes from that union with the Lord of suffering all with Him. And so, receiving these words from my sister in the community, I would say that the third teaching the Lord gave us on silence as the formation of a mother of the cross is essential that through the years we enter deeper and deeper into that teaching. If you study the three teachings in the section on silence of the path, the Lord goes from the concrete to the more abstract, like she says, to a more mystical union with the Lord. So I would like for us to ponder as mothers of the cross that third teaching the Lord gave us, which is where our Blessed Mother with the Holy Spirit wants to bring each mother of the cross to be that, that grace. And, and I have to say, keep in mind, as I read this teaching to you, what our dear sister said something very important. And she writes that we have to be careful a balance between self-knowledge and self-absorption. And she says something that is very, very wise because a big part of the path is to receive self-knowledge because if we don't have self-knowledge, we cannot grow in humility. We will not change. But in the path, the Lord always taught us 
that we are never called to be self-absorbed in self-knowledge, but that the work of the Holy Spirit is that He brings us to self-knowledge of our attachments, of our wounds, so that that self-knowledge comes out of us and focuses on Jesus. The focus for every mother of the cross has to be to come out of herself and to embrace as the mother of sorrows and the pieta, our beloved. And I'll give you some concrete examples as we move through this. If that process for everyone living the path does not happen, we will continue to get self-knowledge, but we will become self-absorbed into our own selves. And the opposite will happen. We will not become victims of love. We will be too absorbed in our own self. And that's a danger. So, this is the teaching on silence. I'm not going to give you a page because I think we all have different pages depending on what what edition you have of the path. But it is called, Through the Arms of Silence, Embrace My Crucified Body. This is how, as mothers of the cross, we live the pieta, the mother of sorrows. This is it, my sisters. The Lord says to us, Silence, allows you to embrace fully the sorrow of your heart. When we enter a sorrow, the Lord taught us we have to fully, through silence, enter the pain. If every time we have a sorrow, we start to seek consolation by talking to someone, the opposite happens. But there too is a balance. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit to teach us the balance and also the work of spiritual accompaniment. Silence allows you to enter fully the sorrow I am permitting in your heart. Look at how the Lord wants us to enter the pain. As you embrace this pain and suffering, you are embracing me. The Lord comes to us. The way we receive his crucified body is through the suffering, is through the pain. You are embracing my pain and suffering and thus, Entering my heart, for my heart is all pain and love. This is my mercy. To come to know the love of your beloved is to come to experience my sorrow. It's not only to know his sorrow, Every mother of the cross to become one with Mary, we have to come to experience, live, touch the sorrows of the sacred heart of Jesus. That is why Mary is the mother of sorrows. She knew 
She experienced every sorrow of the Lord and suffered it with Him. This is why my mother is the queen of sorrows. For it is she who lived most perfectly consumed in my heart. My little one, this union of sorrows must move your heart to love all by suffering with silence, peace, and abandonment for all your brothers and sisters, my sons and daughters. For example, if I experience a pain of being rejected, a pain of being humiliated, a pain of being unappreciated, a pain of being misunderstood, a pain of being brushed off, a pain of being unincluded, a pain of being forgotten. That pain has to be the experience that the Holy Spirit brings us to experience Jesus' pain. Where we are able to forget our pain. We receive the knowledge of it only so that we can come to experience the sorrows and pain of our Lord's Sacred Heart. Then, that union of embracing our wounded Jesus in our arms, we kiss Him. We suffer being rejected with Him. And then that union must move us to love, embrace with all our hearts the person or persons that hurt us. That is living as a mother of the cross. That takes silence. That takes prayer. That takes abandonment. I want to share a suffering that all of us as mothers of the cross must go through. The power of a mother of the cross is precisely in our hiddenness. In the power that we love solely for love's sake. Not to be seen, not to be noticed, not to be appreciated. That is where the power of a mother of the cross is. But we all suffer from attachments and wounds of desiring to be noticed, desiring to be seen, desiring to be affirmed. It's something we all suffer from. Part 
of the purification, profound purification for a mother of the cross, is that God is going to permit, permit many situations in our lives where we give ourselves, where we do things, and we are not going to be appreciated. We are not going to be noticed. We are not going to be given any credit for it. How do we react? You see, it's so beautiful when it happens to us that we can look at it and say, gosh, that really bothered the heck out of me. I did all that and someone else got all the credit. I, I, the Lord just put me in a situation like that this week. And I said, why did it bother me so much? And the reason I had to dig deep, why? Because I still am attached to be wanting to be affirmed. And praise God that I, you know, we can see it in ourselves, you know, smile and say, my Lord, I give it to you. Grant me the grace to desire to be not seen. To desire to solely give myself and not care less if somebody else gets the credit for it. Solely because it's for you. You see, that is where we enter more and more the life, the purity of a mother of the cross. I'll never forget, I keep telling you this story because it was one of those nails of a mother of the cross that Tessie and I were at the, at the, at the cathedral here for an, an ordination and in front of us was a, a group of sisters. Behind us was Mother Teresa, Sisters of Charity. And Tessie and I, the Mothers of the Cross, are smack right in the middle of both of them. And all the people in the cathedral will, would see the sisters in the front, all beautiful with their habits. And everybody was so happy and they would be noticed. And I watched everybody. They came and they hugged them. They said hello. Everybody noticed the beautiful sisters behind us in their beautiful Mother Teresa white habits and everybody smiled, everybody noticed them and there was Tessie and I, nobody <laughs> noticed us nobody nodded, nobody was happy to see us, nobody could care less, we were there as mothers of the cross for priests, the majority of the priests in that cathedral had no idea who we were don't even want us and I'm thinking wow and the Lord spoke to my heart so powerfully and he said this is who you are. You will not be noticed. You will not be appreciated. You will not be wanted. And that's what's happened in our diocese. We are not wanted. Okay? And I'll never forget that. Because every time I forget that, I walk away from who I am as a mother of the cross. But the Lord said, the power... The power of a mother of the cross is precisely because we don't live this for anybody else but for Jesus. And the one that sees everything is Abba Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The power of a mother of the cross is precisely 
in her hiddenness. So every mother of the cross has to go through that process of becoming hidden. Wanting to be hidden. Because that part of us that wants to be seen, wants to, you know, God is going to purify constantly in us. Then he says, exteriorly, smile and tend to the duties of your vocation with detail and love. But interiorly, through the arms of silence, live embracing your sorrows. In this way, you are embracing my crucified body and soothing my wounds. This is the life of love. This is the life of a mother of the cross. For it is the life of my mother. The Holy Spirit will help you. Consecrate yourself to him this morning. There's one more teaching from the Lord to bring forth this point of receiving the sorrows of the Lord, receiving his crucified body as mothers of the cross. It's the first um, teaching from the Lord in the, our identity from 2.18.13. The Lord said, I desire for you to be my companion in this time of great suffering to remain with me. The Lord, my sisters, has shown me that in this time in which the darkness of the world is getting darker, the Lord suffering is also increasing. The Lord's sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary are in profound agony. Think about it. Listen to Sheila, listen to Maria Hickens when they were praying the rosary to each of you. When, when you see the darkness entering your spouses, our spouses, our children, our communities, our schools, our parishes, our country. What sorrow, what pain we feel. If we, in our limitedness, in hearts that are still so hardened, can feel such profound sorrow and agony, what does the heart of Jesus feel? He is in agony. But he desires, he thirsts for companionship. He wanted companionship in the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked three of his best friends, Peter, James, and John, remain with me. Keep watch. They fell asleep. The mothers of the cross have 
the Lord has asked us, will you be my companions? Will you be the ones that remain with me in my agony? And how beautiful that this sister was reminding me, Lourdes, look at your life. You got to be careful. First and foremost, you are called to be the Lord's companion, and this requires silence. I'm here to be a spiritual mother of this community for each of you, to bring this to you. With, I'm pouring my heart out now to you and what the Lord has given me. This is, this is who I am as your spiritual mother. But I am not a mother here to pamper you. That, that is not my role as a mother here. You see? I am not here to spend hours and hours with everybody. That's not my role. First and foremost, I have to live this silence, this companionship with the Lord. And I, I have to, through my life, this is how I love you. That in my suffering with the Lord, I suffer with the Lord in that hiddenness, even though you might never appreciate it because you have no idea. For each of you. That's how I'm a mother. And sometimes I'm even called more and more. The Lord is showing me that even sometimes when people write to me, the Lord tells me, don't answer. You see, and, and my dear sister was reminding me of this. I can fall in, well, let me try to be there for everybody. So they think I'm a good mother. And, and you know, and they, they feel happy. And the Lord is saying, that's not your role as a spiritual mother. You're called to form mothers of the cross. Not just any mothers. Mothers of the cross. Victim souls. So sometimes that means that as a mother, <clears throat> I might stay away. I might keep a distance. To help each of you enter that silence. To help each of you struggle through this so that we each can become fully the mothers of the cross our beloved needs us to be. Our Lord says, Remain with me to collect my tears shed for all of humanity. You have been chosen to be one with me. My consolation during these end times. This is your identity as a mother of the cross. I asked Jesus, how? That's always my question. How do I do this? How do I live as his companion of love? It's easy when, for all of us, when we're in prayer when we feel his presence, we're in the blessed sacrament, but then we come home to the chaos, to the craziness, to the darkness. And look at what the Lord says. This is the key for every mother of the cross. Be attentive to each person you encounter in your life. Now look at what the Lord is saying. I think at this last cynical, Maria Higgins mentioned this, I think. 
be attentive to each, each person you encounter in your life. Every single day, think about all the people you encounter in your life. We miss out a lot. Each person at the school, in our homes, at the grocery store, at the doctor's office, each person be attentive at work. I live in them. I suffer for them and with them. This is my body, my little one. Have the docility of heart to receive the brokenness of all people into your heart is one with me. This is participation in the love of the Trinity. To receive the wounds of your brothers and sisters and to give the sacrifice of your life as one with me for their salvation and sanctification. This is love. This requires a life of great silence, focus. We have to remind each other, this is our role as sisters of the community. This is the role of spiritual accompaniment. That I can look at each of my children, my husband, that I can go wherever of the priest I come in contact with, of wherever. And I receive. I'm able to see into their hearts. That's why murmuring has come up for us. Murmuring blocks our ability to enter into the woundedness of the heart of the person we come in contact with. The minute we murmur, it's a wall that just blocked us. Block love. That's why we have to be attentive to all the murmuring we all do in our hearts and learn to cast it out through the power of God. <clears throat> when the murmuring is taken out, we're able to see into the heart of those people and we're able to touch their brokenness and woundedness. And then the Holy Spirit allows us to be the living cloth. <laughs> Suck it up. <laughs> like a cloth sucks it up. Every drop we suck up that woundedness that the Lord is suffering. And we accompany the Lord. That's how we do this. We collect all the blood. The blood is the suffering. Think about this. Think about this. This is such active work, but so unseen. What's going to happen as victim souls is when we take this seriously and enter this seriously, we're ent we enter a new level of victim soul. And this is what the Lord, the Our Lady showed me when we went to the Basilica of, of um, the Immaculate Conception. You've entered a new level. And get ready, my sisters, because we've entered as victim souls the battle. And what I see happening in many mothers of the cross in our community is not only are we going to be allowed, if we respond fully, 
to receive the wounds, but we will receive oppressions, demonic oppressions of other people into our hearts as a darkness. And the Lord will allow us as his victims of love to suffer it with patience, with endurance, as grace for them. When we receive at that level an oppression from another person and suffer it with the Lord, that demon can be conquered in us. It's amazing. We have the power. The Lord keeps telling us, believe that you have the power of God in our union with Christ crucified. That power of love cast out demons into hell. That is the work of a victim soul, my sisters. This is serious. It's powerful. It's amazing. It's the fulfillment of love. This is our work. Praise the Lord. So this is the teaching. 